Wondery Plus subscribers can listen to the CBS Evening News ad-free right now. Join Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This podcast is supported by FedEx. FedEx offers fast delivery, more visibility, simple returns, and weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. population on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. With FedEx, you get picture proof of delivery, ensuring you always know where your package is. Returns are simple with packageless and paperless returns. Plus, FedEx Ground is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See the FedEx service guide for delivery information. So, what are you waiting for? See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx. Tonight, at least 28 states see a rise in cases. The infection rate rises in America as the showdown over the shutdown continues. A SWAT team is sent in to close a Texas bar that unlawfully opened. In the nation's capital, the former CDC director issues a stark warning. As bad as this has been, it's just the beginning. Children's illnesses spike overnight. Cases of a mysterious disease in kids possibly linked to COVID quadruple in New York. The latest alert to hit hospitals. Hungry in America. A new study finds one in five American children are not getting enough food. The federal government promises meat plants will be back up and running, but thousands of workers are still out sick. College refunds. The virus canceled their on-campus classes. Now students are suing dozens of colleges, saying online learning just doesn't cut it. Michelle Obama as Biden's VP? Nearly two-thirds of Democrats say they want the former first lady to serve as vice president. But is she interested? It's National Nurses Day. Americans pay tribute to their health care heroes. And new moms have it tough enough. Imagine having twins while infected with COVID-19. It's a Mother's Day reunion to remember. This is the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell. Reporting from the nation's capital. Good evening and thank you for joining us. We are going to begin tonight with breaking news because there has been a dramatic and alarming increase in cases of a mysterious illness sickening children. Experts worry it may be connected to the coronavirus and say it is causing such severe fevers and inflammation that children are now being sent to the ICU. Reports of the illness quadrupled overnight in New York, just as that state was beginning to see the curve of COVID-19 infections flattening. 
Now, across the rest of the country tonight, though, it is a very different story. Coronavirus infections in at least 28 states are now rising at a rate much faster than expected. And just as most of the country is loosening those stay-at-home restrictions. Today, the former head of the CDC warned that Congress and told them that the scope of this pandemic is unprecedented, saying as bad as things have been, this is, quote, just the beginning. There is more evidence of that as we come on the air tonight. The virus has now killed more than 72,000 nationwide. Confirmed cases now top 1.2 million. And we learned today that 96% of the people recently admitted to New York hospitals with the virus also have some type of underlying health condition. There is a lot of news to get to tonight. We've got our team of correspondents covering all of it. We're going to begin tonight with CBS's Omar Villafranca, who leads us off in Dallas. Omar. The numbers are up this week in Dallas. Today marks the second highest number of cases in a day. This, as a possible COVID-related illness, hits children in New York. Tonight, an urgent statewide warning to New York hospitals. Look out for alarming mystery illness in children, possibly linked to COVID-19. The number of children diagnosed in the state's hospitals with a potentially COVID-related inflammation has increased from 15 to at least 64. The inflammation so severe, some have had to be sent to the ICU. They tend to all have very high fever um, and high heart rates, um, and oftentimes it's accompanied with low blood pressure. Here in Texas, this new video shows a SWAT team rounding up demonstrators in Odessa, Texas, after a local bar opened up in defiance of the governor's stay-at-home order this week. A sign of the growing tension as patients run thin in a state where the three-day average of new COVID-19 cases increased last week by more than 40%. It's a trend across the country. At least 28 states have seen new cases rise over the same period. Minnesota's cases have increased more than 130%. Tennessee's increased 97%. Ohio, nearly 50%. The virus is going to exploit it. When we are not social distancing, the virus goes right there. Today on Capitol Hill, former CDC head Tom Frieden warned about the nation dropping its guard. As bad as this has been, it's just the beginning. COVID-19 clusters at meat plants are near crisis level. Nearly 11,000 infections and at least 45 deaths, closing plants across the country. And according to a new economic study, projected to hit consumers hard by the end of the month, with 20% spikes in meat prices compared to last year. And tonight, alarming news about children's well-being. A Brookings Institution survey says nearly one out of five American children now aren't getting enough to eat. Meanwhile, deaths and hospitalizations across New York continue to decline. But Governor Cuomo said today health officials are analyzing where the 600 new hospitalizations a day are coming from. They're not working. They're not traveling. They're predominantly downstate predominantly minority, predominantly older, predominantly non-essential employees. Back here in Texas, some good news. 63-year-old Phil Eaton leaving a Houston hospital. The high school principal fought COVID-19 for 51 days. The rules and regulations vary by state. California's governor is expected to announce new reopening plans tomorrow, while New Jersey's governor just extended the stay-at-home order until June 5th. Nora? Omar Villafranca in Dallas tonight. Thank you. 
And on this National Nurses Day, the president sought to honor frontline workers by inviting them to the Oval Office. And in an extraordinary exchange, the president disagreed with a nurse who said there are PPE shortages nationwide and that she had to reuse her mask for a few weeks straight. This comes as more questions are raised about how FEMA is getting supplies to healthcare workers. CBS's Ben Tracy is at the White House tonight. Ben? Nor the president also reversed himself today, saying that he will now keep his coronavirus task force. But it's clear that the president wants to focus less on public health and more on the health of the economy. President Trump continued to urge governors to reopen their states and even their schools, acknowledging it may mean more Americans die. Somebody could very well be the case. You have to be warriors. We, we can't keep our country closed down for years. The White House wants to focus less on the rising number of deaths and more on the economy, a move criticized by Democrats. The administration has responsibilities that are critical and, again, life and death, and they are failing the test. CBS News has learned that last week, as President Trump said he's provided states with everything they need. So the testing and the masks and all of the things, we've solved every problem. His own health and emergency management officials were privately warning states of shortages of those very things. Celebrating National Nurses Day in the Oval Office, the president called the well-documented shortages fake news, despite a nurse from Louisiana telling him access to supplies has been sporadic. I've been reusing my N95 mask for a few weeks now. Sporadic for you, but not sporadic for a lot of other people. Oh, no, I agree, Mr. President. Because I've heard the opposite. Some inside the White House are criticizing an effort led by Jared Kushner, the president's son-in-law, to find critical medical supplies. A whistleblower complaint by a member of his team says they had little success because the team was filled with inexperienced volunteers. Now, I don't know anything about any of the details of it, but it was a well-oiled machine. A source tells CBS News that many of the volunteers on Kushner's task force were recent college graduates with no emergency management experience. This source calls that task force abnormal and odd. Nora. Ben, thank you. Tonight, we're taking a closer look at what it will take to get a vaccine to the public. Developing it is just the first step. The next is making sure there are enough supplies to distribute the vaccine. And that means things like vials and syringes. Well, tonight in our series, Racing to a Cure, CBS's Jerika Duncan on what has to happen before Americans can roll up their sleeves. As Pfizer and clinical partner BioNTech continue their clinical trials on a coronavirus vaccine, today Pfizer posted a message on Twitter explaining the science behind it. With more than 100 vaccines currently in development, experts say a far bigger challenge awaits how to get the vaccine manufactured and distributed to the hundreds of millions in this country who desperately want protection. We have to figure out, can we manufacture it? We have the vials, we have the syringes, do we have the needles. Michael Osterholm is an infectious disease expert at the University of Minnesota. Do we have the manufacturing capability in multiple parts of the world? One of the concerns we have is how will we prioritize the use of this vaccine? This vaccine is one that's likely to require two doses, and we're talking well over 600 million doses. When you think about extrapolating that to the world, that number obviously becomes very, very large. And this vaccine will not be there for many people in the earliest days of its availability and very likely will not even be there through the duration of the pandemic. That's scary. That's honest. 
Once we get a federally approved vaccine, another question becomes who gets it first? Many agree that frontline health care workers should get priority. As to whether or not groups mostly impacted by this deadly virus could be next remains to be seen. Nora? Tonight, hospitals in some of America's rural communities are bracing for a potential flood of coronavirus patients, with the expected peak in infection in some areas still weeks away. But the pandemic is already taking a heavy toll on those hospitals financially. Here's CBS's Janet Shamlian. These are frightening times for rural hospitals like Rolling Plains Memorial, which has recently lost almost $2 million in revenue. Donna Boatwright is the CEO. A continuation of that could be devastating for this hospital. Set in a remote West Texas town of about 10,000, the 35-bed facility is almost empty. One of its biggest revenue makers, elective surgery, had been put on hold to save room for COVID-19 patients. They've only had one. We're trying to be positive and know that we're doing the right thing for the spread of this disease, but it's a financial strain for sure. Nurse Stephanie Smith and her co-workers have taken pay cuts as the hospital struggles to balance its books. Not easy in small towns where young people are leaving and those who are older, poorer, and sicker remain. For 77-year-old Myla Gibson, who has respiratory problems, Rolling Plains is a lifeline. If the hospital here closed, where would you go? Well, as it, hopefully if Abilene can keep holding out. How far is that? That would be an hour drive for me. That's a long way. It is if you can't breathe or if you have a heart attack. Nationwide, almost 130 rural hospitals have shut down in the past decade, and many others are at risk of closing, a possibility Donna Boatwright must now consider. As a caregiver, I can tell for you it's more than your job. It is. This is... Um... I'm sorry. Um, I am called to serve. This is our home. Uh And we want to do well. And survive. Yes. Rural hospitals facing an uncertain future. Janet Shamley in CBS News, Sweetwater, Texas. Harvard University said today it's unlikely to return to normal by the fall, raising the possibility of more online classes. This is a growing number of students say they're not getting the college experience they paid for from closed campuses. There are protests and demands for refunds. Some are even suing their schools. CBS's Nicole Killian reports. Anthony Rojas is a second-year graduate student at the University of Florida, now suing the school to recoup fees for services he says he can't access while in quarantine. And those are fees ranging from transportation fees to also health fees, you know, for health centers that we can't go to right now. Rojas says it's about $1,000. If you could get that money back, what would it mean? These last few months have been a matter of, you know, scrounging money and just trying to find a way to pay rent, pay food. He's the lead plaintiff in a class action lawsuit involving the Florida Board of Governors, which oversees the state's 12 public universities and shut down campuses in March. We're talking about over 300,000 Florida students. Adam Moskowitz is his attorney. So that's about $26 million. Extrapolate that across the country. We're talking about millions of students and millions of dollars. At least 28 lawsuits requesting refunds have been filed against colleges and universities around the country. Mark Schaefer has a daughter at George Washington University and wants about $4,000 back in tuition. The online classes aren't the same as in-person classes. 
Um, you don't have the direct professor or student interface. George Washington says it's aware of the lawsuit and its faculty has worked hard to give students a quality academic experience from a distance. As for that other class action lawsuit, representatives from the University of Florida say they don't comment on pending litigation. Nora? Nicole, thank you. Speaking of campuses being closed, schools are looking for ways to honor seniors at this year's commencement ceremonies. In early June, former President Obama and Michelle Obama will headline a YouTube virtual ceremony. And a documentary out today is offering new insights into the life of the former First Lady. CBS's Ed O'Keefe reports. If Joe Biden needs advice on who to pick for a running mate, Democrats have a suggestion. Nearly two-thirds say they'd like to see former First Lady Michelle Obama on the ticket. Biden says he'd take her in a heartbeat. She knows the way around. But she's not interested, as she makes clear in a new Netflix documentary. My life is starting to be mine again. The film tags along on the recent national tour for her autobiography. The former First Lady is especially blunt in voicing her concern with what happened in 2016. I understand the people who voted for Trump. The people who didn't vote at all, the young people, the women, that's when you think, man, people think this is a game. Our folks didn't show up. After all that work, they just couldn't be bothered to vote at all. That's my trauma. And there are rare comments from Obama daughters Malia and Sasha. I'm excited for her to be proud of what she's done, because I think that's the most important thing for a human to do, is to be proud of themselves. In the film, Mrs. Obama does not criticize President Trump by name, but at one point does say, quote, when you're president of the United States, words matter. Nora. Today is National Nurses Day, and around the country, people are honoring our frontline heroes. In Southern California, dozens of first responders showed their gratitude with a parade and applause. Nurses in Fort Worth were saluted with a flyover by the Blue Angels. And look at this. In Boston's famed Fenway Park, they honored our healthcare angels in the outfield. Nicely done. South Carolina runner Ford Graham has some things he wants to say, and he's letting his feet do the talking. Using an app that traces his route, Graham and his friends are running the historic streets of Charleston to deliver a healthy message, all at a safe distance. Look at this. Wash hands, reads one. Stay home, reads another. And here's one just for us at the CBS Evening News. They ran 14 miles for that one. I'm actually going to try it, but I can't do the 14 miles. The bestseller, What to Expect When You're Expecting, doesn't have a chapter on pandemics. So a new mom from Michigan was forced to improvise. CBS's Adriana Diaz continues our Mother's Day series. Hi, Missy. How are you? Not only did Jen Laubach give birth to her twins, Mitchell and Maxim, eight weeks early, she did it while sick with coronavirus. These kids really came into this world again, so I'll add. Doctors, fearing for the boys' health, immediately whisked them away. Dad Andre was stuck at home. He found out he tested positive for COVID minutes after Jen's water broke. She says, I love you, but we don't know if it's the last time we're going to see each other. It was like survival mode and maternal instinct kicked in. He doesn't go as fast as his brother. For three weeks, she had to channel that instinct remotely. Yeah. Watching nurses at Beaumont Hospital Troy feed the newborns. 
until they finally met. Hi. Mitchell's now home, but not Maxim. So Jen visits him five hours a day. Hi, mister. And now feeds him herself. Yeah. The bond just grows day by day, and it's really nice. Oh, geez, I'm getting choked up. <laughs> After all she's been through, her newborns are her comfort. We have a different parts of the day where... That's <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Yeah. I must be dreaming something good. And happy to finally be in his mother's arms. Adriana Diaz, CBS News. They are absolutely perfect. And on tomorrow's CBS Evening News, moms in quarantine, they've always put their children first, but now they're really being put to the test. And if you can't watch us live, don't forget to set your DVR so you can watch us later. That is tonight's CBS Evening News. I'm Nora O'Donnell in Washington. We'll see you right back here tomorrow. Hope you stay safe and good night. If you like the CBS Evening News, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com survey. Survivor 46 is here and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast. And we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts.